Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast, the show where educators can come find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Leader of Learning podcast. I want to start by saying thanks. This past week, we celebrated Thanksgiving, and uh, I wanted to start by thanking MI teacher or MIT teacher who left the first of hopefully many really positive reviews of this podcast on iTunes, and I'll read it for you. It says, this is a great podcast. Each episode features a guest that is a leader of learning in some capacity. The topics are short and sweet, but cover so much ground. A must listen for any school leader or teacher leader. Um, so thank you, MI teacher or MIT teacher, because I think that review really kind of uh, captures exactly what I-, I want this show to be about. Topics that are short and sweet, but really uh, effective ones that speak to anyone out there who might consider themselves or want to be a leader in the space of, of learning in education. So uh, I thank you for leaving that review. And if anyone else out there is listening and can provide really positive feedback and leave a review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. But let me get right into the heart of this episode. Episode 9 features a guest who I admire very much. He puts out a lot of content all over social media from Twitter to YouTube. Uh, he even has a, a online digital conference coming up soon. Matt Miller is really leading the charge in so many ways out there when it comes to providing 21st century instruction, including technology, bringing in blended learning into schools. You probably know him best from his brand, Ditch That Textbook. He's published now two books, first Ditch That Textbook, and most recently Ditch That Homework that he co-authored with Alice Keeler. So without further ado, here's my interview with Matt Miller. All right. Well, Matt Miller, it's uh, it's a pleasure. Welcome to the show. How are you? I am great. Thanks so much, Dan, for having me on. Uh, it's absolutely my pleasure. So uh, I guess just, you know, first and foremost, if you could introduce yourself for anyone out there who we were just talking actually before we started recording how you're like all over social media. But for, for the sake of anyone who may be listening who doesn't already know you, who are you? What do you do? And you know, introduce yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Matt Miller, 11-year uh, high school Spanish teacher in pu- a couple of different small public schools here in West Central Indiana, little bitty schools. Um, <laughs> I joke about um, how little bitty they were. Our uh, most recent graduating class at one of those schools was 32, 32 wow. kids in a graduating class. Yeah, wow. it's funny because sometimes I tell people that and they're like, oh, whoa. And then other people are like, yeah, that's that's about right. So, <laughs> does anyone um, ever think that that's huge? <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah, I've been to a couple places where they're like, "Man, that's like double our graduating class." Jeez. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's my background as a teacher. Um, also, written a couple of books: "Ditch That Textbook" and "Ditch That Homework." And um, yeah, I'm just a blogger, podcaster, author, kind of like putting things together to help teachers. Now is is kind of my main focus. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm going to get back to that helping teacher thing in a little bit. But first, you mentioned the the books. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, it kind of all started with Ditch That Textbook, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And so I, I guess if you could just take us back for a minute, like where did that come from? And, and I guess, you know, the, the journey, where has it taken you? And maybe where are you looking to go with it? 
Yeah, definitely. So um, ditch that textbook. The, the origin story of that came from my own classroom where for the first three or four years of my teaching career, I was really, really traditional when it comes to teaching high school Spanish, you know, doing a lot of stuff out of the textbook, workbook pages, worksheets, uh, lectures, all of that stuff, because that's the way that I had learned. And that's what I'd always had done to me. So that's what I was doing to kids. And, um, it just wasn't getting the results. And, um, you know, eventually kids started hating my class. I think, well, I don't think I know that they, that they did. And, um, I, I just, I was ready for something different. Um, I just couldn't keep going the same route because I know, knew it wasn't me. I, I don't know if you would agree with this or not, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but fine. I, you just made me think of something because I, I tell people all the time, I'm, I'm in a role where I'm an instructional coach at my school and I'm trying to get teachers to be where you were at, at that point in your career. And you know, I tell people all the time that even our youngest teachers, the ones who are just coming out of their you know undergraduate or, or even maybe their master's and they're doing their student teaching, like... I don't even think that they, when they were students in school, were really expected to learn in ways that we want our teachers to be teaching at this point. And so I think it's going to take even a few more years to kind of get the where our youngest teachers were learning as students in this kind of way. So I don't know if you would agree with that. And I, oh, yeah. again, I get you can get back to the ditch that textbook stuff, but that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. And I'm even thinking it's going to take more than a few years. I think mm. for this to become mainstream, I think we're going to have to keep pushing it. But I think that we have more um, momentum or more ability to build momentum right now through social media and, you know, all of the teacher conferences are, that are out there and everything. I think that we have the ability to recruit more people to this way of thinking and education than we ever have. So I think we have a chance to really, really push things in the right direction in a faster way than we ever did. So yeah, which, which brings us back to the ditch that textbook. So <laughs> right. continue there. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so anyway, I was, I was really struggling with this, um, you know, teaching real traditionally and I wasn't connected on social media. I went to like one conference a year. So I didn't know that people taught this way, you know, without marching through their textbook chapter by chapter. So I just slowly started teaching differently. And after a while I started realizing, you know, with all this other stuff that I'm doing, I don't even use my textbook anymore. So why are we using it? So there was this one day where I had all of the kids grab their textbooks and go stick them in the, you know, in the great big closet in the back of my room. And so it was as full at the end of that day as it was the day before school started. And, um, that was kind of like my moment when it, it finally was over. And yeah, so ditch that textbook started as a blog textbook yeah. moment, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. And so that's where the name of the blog was born. And so I started blogging maybe four years ago or so just talking about the things I was doing in the classroom and just trying to give back to teachers in the way that so many, you know, bloggers and other people that shared online had given to me. And then, you know, the book came out of that and um, yeah. So now I'm just trying to create all sorts of different kinds of ditch that textbook resources. Not to say that I like hate textbooks and think we need to get rid of them this moment, but I think there's so much more that we can do than just marching chapter by chapter through a textbook. So that's kind of what I'm all about. Yeah, that's that's kind of a, a different, uh, a conversation for a different day probably, right? About blended learning. Like there's a place for it, but mm-hmm. you know, not not like where you're doing it 
all day, every day. Um, so you, one of the mm-hmm. things that, that you kind of touched on a second ago was, uh, and actually on your website, it, it says something about it where you kind of switched that, that your focus went from, let's say, encouraging students to encouraging teachers. And I was just wondering if you can maybe explain that shift uh, for, for the listeners. Like, was it a mindset shift or how would you describe it? It was a little bit of a mindset shift and also a career shift, you know, because um, I went from teaching in the classroom and I wrote this book and, um, you know, before I wrote the book and started blogging, I was all 100%, you know, toward my students. And um, once I started blogging and realized that I could help teachers too, um, which is a crazy thing for us to think of as teachers sometimes, I think. I think we think in general that what we do in the classroom isn't all that remarkable, isn't all that impressive, but mm-hmm. what we do and our own personal perspective and spin on things um, can be a huge encouragement to other people. And so after my book came out, I started to get more and more opportunities to help other people. And so now that's my, my focus is to, you know, go to schools and school districts and to do some, um, you know, work with their teachers and to create resources online and all that. So that's really where this whole shifting my focus from encouraging students to encouraging teachers came from is that, um, you know, now that's kind of like my, my full-time push is to, um, you know, create practical, usable, helpful things that teachers can plug into their class tomorrow. Yeah, no, I've, I find that fascinating because I've, I've had similar shifts in terms of um, going from dedicating myself to just bettering students to where now I'm, I'm essentially it's like a, a trickle down effect. Like I'm helping to better teachers so that they mm-hmm. in turn can help to, uh, to better their students. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think that whenever we do something like that, um, I think it's important to still keep at least one foot in the classroom if you can. So, yeah. you know, for me, that means like I'm on the substitute teacher list for my kid's school. So I'll go in and what's cool about that is now I get to, I get to sub in classes that I never, ever, ever would have touched as a high school Spanish teacher. So I feel like that, that kind of broadens my, pers- my perspective a little bit. And then my wife, um, she's a junior high social studies teacher. So we're kind of like always planning ideas and, you know, working on things together. And every once in a while I'll go in and I'll, I'll be in her classroom with her students and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think that that's, that's kind of an important part of that whole process too. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't, I didn't know that about uh, the, the mm-hmm. Mr. Matt Miller substitute. Uh, that's, that's, that's really cool. Being a um, sub is rough. I've got to say oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's tough, but it's, it's a good experience. Yeah, cool. Uh, when, when we connected to set up this interview, uh, you mentioned that one of the topics that you might be able to speak on is taking risks, risks, sorry, to create the kind of education that kids deserve. So what are your thoughts, let's say, on risk taking in general in education and in the classroom? Yeah, you know, I think that as educators, we have almost a backwards view a lot of times on risk taking. Now, I shouldn't say that about everybody because I've met a lot of people in person and online that have this, you know, down to a T. But I think that a lot of times we think that whenever we take a risk in the classroom, which means we try something that we're not sure exactly how it's going to go. It could be, you know, a new lesson or a new idea or new activity or just um, a new piece of technology. And we don't know how it's going to go because we've never tried it before or whatever. 
And there's sort of a fear that it could blow up in our face. And I think sometimes, sometimes teachers view that as risky teaching. But what I've come to find about risky teaching in that way is that it's not as risky as playing it safe, mm. if that makes sense. Because I look at all of the classrooms where teachers are playing it safe, you know, for, for whatever reason, um, you know, sticking to some of the same old uh, instructional strategies that we've used for years that are not getting the results that they used to and that are not really engaging kids. And I think of how they think that that's safe teaching, but in reality, it's so easy to turn a lecture off mentally after like two minutes, you know. I've seen it where kids will be like nodding and smiling and giving eye contact to the teacher, but they're thinking about something completely mm-hmm. different. Sure. Like no, I, prom dresses I or the, the ball game that night, you know. Yeah. Um, but what? But sometimes whenever we take that risk, even if it blows up in our face, um, and it's gonna, that's going to happen sometimes. Um, that a lot of times, A, kids will get more out of that than you realize. B, they will get things out of it that you don't expect them to get out of it. And C, they will thank you for trying something different than every single other teacher that they've got. Or if they're in elementary school, every single other teacher that they've ever had. Mm. Um, So I think even though we don't know exactly how it's going to go, I think we've still got to be willing to take those risks. Yeah, that's that's awesome. It makes a lot of sense to me when when you say it like that, you know, that that actually it's a little riskier of a move to to just remain the same and stagnate yeah. and, and not change. Yeah, no, it, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um so, let's get back to uh the content that that you're sharing that you're putting out all that ditch the textbook stuff. Actually, you know what, before, before we get back to the ditch the textbook, I wanted to ask you what what is Google Teacher Tribe. You know, as a, as a ah, podcaster myself, I'm, yes. I'm listening. I'm a fan. Talk about that a little bit. What, what kind of stuff are you putting out there? Oh yeah. Oh man. I've this is this has been such a fun um, project for me. So the Google Teacher Tribe is a podcast that I do with um, Casey Bell, who's another education blogger. She writes the uh, Shake Up Learning blog. And Casey and I met at the Google Teacher Academy, which is now called the Google Innovator Academy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that was gosh a couple of years. ago ago, I think like three years ago now, almost. And um, we decided at that point that we wanted to do some sort of project together, but we didn't know what it was until about a year ago. We finally landed on, let's create a podcast. We just felt like there was a void out there for a well-produced regular podcast with practical ideas on how to use Google in the classroom. Um, and we throw in Google news and updates and stuff like that into it too. And so um, this is, this is what the Google teacher tribe is about is it starts with this podcast that we put out once a week, but it's also a tribe, you know? So, you know, there's a Twitter hashtag out there and we've got a Facebook page and everything. And really the best part I think about the tribe is the tribe is that we're constantly learning things from people in addition to putting ideas out of our own. And um, a lot of those things that we learn from the people in the tribe, we put into the podcast too. So mm-hmm. it's not really just about let's have Casey and I talk about Google and you listen to it. It's about interacting with the tribe. And so now we have this huge community of um great Google using teachers that are sharing their own ideas and asking questions. And so it's this kind of like responsive give and take um, community tribe aspect to it. So, so that's really kind of what the Google teacher tribe's all about. Yeah, no, I, I love the show. And um, I mean, the, the, 
the conversation and the, the playing off of each other that you and Casey do is great. The show itself, the, the production, uh, I'm assuming Chris Nessie, right. Does yes. most of that stuff. He's, yes, he's phenomenal. And, and he's so like anyway, a wizard with that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love listening to the show and, and, uh, if you're listening anyone to this show right now, I would highly recommend if you're like me and you want to learn more about, uh, tech tools, especially in the Google sphere, um, man, you can learn so much from that show. Like recently you guys were talking about, or at least on a recent episode, uh, talking about, Google Keep, which is something mm-hmm. actually, literally, it's up on my on my screen right now, just kind of keeping me organized for this interview. Um, how you can integrate Google Keep right into Google Docs and all this stuff, and, and just the the wealth of information that I get from you and your show and Casey and everybody there, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and it's so much fun to do too. I mean, you know, Casey and I get on and we start recording, and it just kind of feels like we're, you know, talking about something that we love and goofing off together and everything. And it's just, it's, it's yeah, no, so we, much we, fun. We hear the outtakes at the end of the episodes. Right. Don't worry. Don't worry. I forget about that sometimes. Yeah, but that's yeah. And then I'll when I listen to it, I listen to the show too, and I listen to it. And I'm like, oh man, what did Chris leave in here? What was <laughs> the stuff that didn't end up on the cutting room floor? Yeah, cool. Uh, all right. So finally, uh, let's get back to the Ditch That Textbook. You have, uh, is this the second annual mm-hmm. uh, iteration now? All right. So last year was the first one. It's the Ditch That Textbook Digital Summit. I, I took part in the inaugural one last year. It was awesome. But uh, talk about, you know, what it is and, and when it is. And, you know, I saw, I saw yeah. people registering already all weekend, starting uh-huh. on, yeah. what was it, Friday night or Saturday night? And, Something like that, yeah. Uh, lots of tweets. So anyway, this is your opportunity. So we'll ditch that textbook summit. What's that about? That was, that's, it's so funny because last year I saw some people in the non-education space doing these free online conferences. And I looked at it and I thought, I could totally do that. You know, mm-hmm. it's a website, it's some videos embedded and it's some emails. And that's, you know, that's a big part of what it is. Um, basically it's kind of like a, it's in the, the second half of December and it's, it's basically a free online conference where I go and I ask, you know, people who I know are amazing that have a great message to share in education. And I ask them to do these kind of like video interviews, presentations almost. If you're thinking of it like a conference, each day there's a new presentation. So there's a new speaker each day and it starts on December 15th and we release one video each day all the way up until I think the 23rd. And then all of those videos stay live on the site until December 31st. And so the conference, the, this conference, so to speak, I'm doing air quotes. I don't think people can probably yeah, hear that. Right. No, but, not on the podcast. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it starts on December 15th and ends the 31st. And that's the only time that those videos are available. And so when you watch the videos, you can also download what's almost like a kind of like a summary of the presentation. It's almost like a sort of like a transcript, but not every word. Um, So you can download that, but you can also get a free um, certificate for professional development hours or professional development points. Those are some of the things that people really love about it. So um, anyway, if someone goes to ditchsummit.com, that's where you can get signed up for it to get your ticket so that you can be a part of it. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. I know a lot of other people apparently are too. Um, And then, like I said, whatever it was Friday night or Saturday yeah. night uh, that that the 
conference went that you were able to register starting that yeah. I, I started seeing all these tweets and I was like, yeah. oh man, I well, I might as well do it now too. So I'm signed up. I will definitely take part in it. I got a lot out of it last year. And uh, yeah. I, just out of sheer curiosity, I'd love sure. to maybe contact you at some point too and just um, see statistics wise, like where, where you've come from last year to now and how many people are participating. Well, like, I think that's awesome. I will tell you that in the matter of just two days, it's funny because I haven't even officially launched it yet as of the recording of this podcast. Um, that's going to be on Tuesday, but uh, over Saturday and Sunday, it was even on a weekend, which is crazy. Um, yeah. Word started to leak out about it. And so I did one tweet saying, hey, it's live if you want to go get it. And then and snowball effect. We've had more than a thousand people sign up in two days and I haven't even launched the thing yet. That's so fantastic. it's yeah it's going nuts so i'm excited to see how many people sign up yeah i'm excited for you and i really wish you well with it um again i know it's the the second time i took part in it the first time and and for anyone listening i would highly highly recommend and encourage you to uh to register for it and to participate in that as well well um, I, I think if I were to ask you to list all of the places where people could find you, it would probably <laughs> take too long. So I will promise uh, my listeners and you, Matt, that, that I'll put your, as much of your information and contact stuff as I can in the show notes yeah. and on my website and everything. Um, but I want to thank you so much for, for coming on here. And just uh, as we close, tell people how they might be able to find you out there. Yeah, two easiest places. You can always go to ditchthattextbook.com. That's the hub for kind of like everything that I do. So you should be able to find anything there. And then I'm also very, very regular on Twitter at jmattmiller. That's letter J, Matt with two Ts, Miller. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And uh, this has been awesome. I wish you lots of luck with, with everything that you're doing, but especially this uh, digital summit coming up, the second year going. And man, just good luck with everything. Hey, thanks. And I know this podcast is awesome. I love following what you're doing on Periscope and Twitter and everything. So you keep it up too, Dan. Oh, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks. So thanks again to Matt for coming on and giving me that kind of time. I really wish him well with this digital conference coming up in a few weeks. Again, if you're out there and you want to sign up for that conference, go ahead over to ditchsummit.com or visit his website, ditchthattextbook.com. Matt is an amazing resource, and I know that the guests that he has on for this digital summit will be truly inspirational. I started this episode by thanking you, the listeners, with Thanksgiving having come up a few days ago. So thanks again for listening. Please feel free to visit iTunes, leave a positive review, and tell me what you love. And please share with me that you love listening to this podcast and what you love about it. As always, to find more information about this episode, you can visit leaderoflearning.com slash episode 9. For more about me, my blog, and the podcast, it's leaderoflearning.com. You can find me on Twitter at dkriness, D-K-R-E-I-N-E-S-S. Same thing on Voxer. Until next time, thank you very much. And remember, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a leader of learning.